0: But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Let us pray. May my spirit and my preaching be not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Today we rejoice in the culminating festival of the church here. Just as there can be no Good Friday without Christmas, nor Easter without Good Friday, there can be no Pentecost without the festivals that preceded it, including Christmas, Good Friday, Easter, and all the rest. That's because without Pentecost, there is no church. Without the giving of the Holy Spirit on the apostles, on those 3,000 that were baptized as they were gathered that day, and by the continual giving of the Spirit on all those whom Christ has chosen, no one would know and no one would believe in the incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And without knowing and believing in Christ Jesus you would still be dead in trespasses and sins, dead or dying apart from God and doomed to destruction. And so the Holy Spirit is given to you, and God the Father, by way of his Son, breathes life on you again. That means that the Holy Spirit is not the invention of theologians or of the church fathers, some kind of speculative imaginary spirit, any more than the confession of God as Father or of his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, is from our imagination. Of course, that's what we'll hear. The propagandists of the godless and all the other unbelievers assert that Jesus says nothing to very little about the Holy Spirit. But as you've been hearing the last few weeks, Jesus has a great deal to say of the Holy Spirit. He spends much of the night he was betrayed catechizing his disciples in the gift of the Spirit so that they would see, and you, know, believe, and receive the work of the Spirit which he bestows on you. As a matter of fact, these last few weeks have only scratched the surface of what Jesus has to say to you about the Spirit. And thus on that night when he was about to leave his disciples, he promised them that the Comforter the Holy Spirit, would come to them. They, would, or they were to remain in Jerusalem until they were clothed by the Spirit with power from on high. And just as he promised, the Spirit came on the apostles this day, signified by the rushing wind, by the tongues of fire, and by the gospel of forgiveness in Jesus Christ proclaimed in the native languages of the people gathered there. And the Spirit would continue to make it possible for them to continue the work of Christ on behalf of His church. That breath of God would never fail to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify the congregation from all the nations unto whom Christ Jesus died to redeem them. The Spirit would give the apostles the wisdom to speak not only to those who would receive them, but even to those opposed to them, even To speak before governors and kings of the saving work of Jesus Christ. He would teach them all things and lead them into the whole faith. He would witness to them about Christ, all that the church may know Jesus, believe in him, and be saved. All of that is for you too. So, how should you think about the Holy Spirit? Well, actually, you shouldn't think at all of the Holy Spirit. He's not a product of your intellectual powers. He's not someone that you can wrap your head around and comprehend by your mind. The Spirit is revealed to you in God's Word and given to you by Jesus and the Father. You can only learn to know of him through the work that he does amongst you. And his work is not to reveal himself but to glorify Christ. He does not seek to describe a likeness of himself to us, although at times he does appear in various forms, like the dove at Jesus' baptism. But his, his job, what he seeks to do, is describe the picture of Christ that comes alive before our eyes as the Spirit does his work. He gives you eyes to fix upon Jesus, Jesus who is the author and substance, and completer of faith. And so it is the Spirit who gives life. The, pro- the flesh profits nothing, not even the mind or the intellect. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life, Jesus says. Jesus tells you then that the Spirit is given to you when his word is spoken to you. The very breath that exhales from Jesus as he speaks is the breath of life, the Holy Spirit. And this means, this is the means that the Spirit uses, the Word. He does not work apart from Jesus and only endeavors to give you Jesus by this Word. And so he teaches you all that Jesus taught and reminds you daily of what Jesus said. It's the work of the Spirit that brings you Jesus Christ in the Word. So Jesus speaks and deals with you still today in the Word. And where the Word is, there is the Spirit, living and active. The Word of forgiveness in Jesus' name is the living Word and is the life that the Spirit breathes upon you. The first thing the Spirit does, though, through the Word, is convict both you and this world of sin. By the preaching of the law, the Spirit shows you the rebellion of all sinful humanity and how it's been made evident in your own life, in your hearts, in your minds, and your actions. The Spirit is the one who brings you to understand, by Jesus' word, how twisted things and mixed up of a mess you've made of things. But he never leaves you there, dead, dead in trespasses and sins. The Spirit never fails to breathe upon you returning, to you, returning you to learn and receive what Christ has done for you. He never fails to return you to Jesus for the gospel. That's forgiveness in Jesus' name. And so it is the Spirit's work, his primary work, to lead you to the assurance of faith in your heart. He holds Christ's cross before your dying eyes. He gives you to see Jesus as your only hope of salvation from All guilt and shame that would lead you only to death. The Spirit works faith in you by baptism and the ongoing mandate, teaching you to observe all that Jesus has commanded you. And thereby the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Not alone, not dead, but made alive. More than that, made God's own child. And he has given you his spirit as a guarantee in your heart, Jesus says. It is only through the spirit that we can even begin or learn to say, Abba, Father. And the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't even know what we should pray for as we ought to. But it's the spirit himself who makes intercession for us with groanings which can't even be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8. So the Spirit is given not only to show you your sin, to lead you to faith in Christ, for his forgive, to receive his forgiveness, and then, in, then to give you to live in confidence of that faith. But no doubt, you don't always feel such confidence. Often your own emotions mislead or betray you. Maybe you think that you have sinned in such a way that God can't love you anymore, that he doesn't even want to call you his child. Yet even when you are such perplexed or disturbed, the Spirit is still at work in your hearts because the Spirit is God's breath, breathing life again on the slain, repenting them so that they would be restored to faith in Christ once more. The sign that he has not forsaken you is the fact that you have not forsaken his word. You're here, after all. And that word constantly awakens repentance and faith. So today the Spirit has brought you back into the fellowship of his Son to gather with those saints redeemed in his blood. And the Holy Spirit cannot be known or possessed unless you have been brought to faith in Christ by the word. That's why... Many reject even the possibility of the Spirit. They can't even understand what we are saying. Because he is the Spirit of truth, that is, the Spirit of Jesus, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you can speak of the Spirit today because you know Jesus. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The very fact that you have confessed your faith and shown that love for one another is the work of the Spirit working in your hearts yet again. And in Jesus you also trusted after you heard this, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, that word of forgiveness, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, his holy church, to the praise of his glory, thus writes Paul in Ephesians 1. May God grant you a renewed spirit today by the work of the Spirit, that you would remain steadfast in Jesus' word today and always. In his holy name, amen.